0: everybody and welcome to another exciting edition of words images and worlds delighted on this episode to have a returning guest mr david pepos david thank you for jumping in thank you for joining me
1: no of course thanks for having me back on the show and uh yeah excited to uh, talk comics with you today
0: yeah yeah great to have you back um Last time we talked, we did more of kind of a general overview. We talked a little Mm -hmm. bit uh, about the various and sundry characters and worlds that you've written in. But uh, this episode is a little more focused on Moon Knight, and then I think we're going to bring in a few other characters and titles as well to explore. Um, So curious by means of a first question. uh, I've been enjoying City of the Dead, by the way. I'll I'll say that. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: It's a lot of fun to write, for sure.
0: Oh, I, I bet. I bet. Um, Moon Knight is just one of those characters to me that for some reason, just I know people consider him like a, a lower cast of character, some readers, but uh th- to me he's a an A tier top tier character.
1: He he has so much uh, uh potential and, and seeing the way that every creator uh attacks that and every and the and the way that every creator find something cool about him to to really play up. Um I think that speaks to the the quality of the character and um mm-hmm. the, the 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 fun of the concept and I think that's something that's I think my favorite part about Jed McKay's run right now is that he has, he, he keeps uh, finding new ways to expand that mythology and that was something that we wanted to do in City of the Dead as well is just find a way to it really explore different facets of Mark Spector. Definitely. Uh and and do it in a way that wouldn't step on the uh, the main series toes.
0: Yeah, yeah, it it works really well in that way. And um, I'm curious, what was your introduction to this character like? What was your kind of background with Moon Knight? Oh, I,
1: I'm trying to let, let's see. Um, I I think my first introduction with Moon Knight was probably the round robin event in uh, amazing spider-man uh it was it was spidey teaming up with uh, moon knight punisher nova night thrasher uh to fight uh jeff Wild, midnight uh and, and, and the secret empire so i do have a big soft spot for for for, for jeff mm-hmm. uh and then there was an issue of marvel comics presents i'm struggling to remember the number i think it might be 139 um that uh, uh it was it was you know it was a four it was broken into four stories but there was a moon knight story where uh it was the last appearance of chainsaw who mm-hmm. we wound up using in city of the dead I, I i i got to use my 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 cosmic powers of, of being a writer to say that guy's dead um mm-hmm. so yeah those were those are my my big introductions of character um i read you know charlie houston's run uh, uh during the civil war era uh, uh warren Ellis and duckling shelby's run uh you know which is just top tier um uh Jeff Lemire and, and Greg Smallwood um which was also a big influence on City of the Dead uh-huh. and then um uh, obviously what Jed McKay is doing um yeah I mean you know Moon Knight is just such a, such a fun character and being able to kind of exp- everybody seems to have a different take on him. Yeah. Yeah. and uh I think for me uh the, the the thing that really resonated the most with me is um just the fact that you know uh, the most superheroes you know they have a day job uh, of some kind mm-hmm. you know Clark Kent's a reporter you know uh Peter Parker is either a photojournalist or a teacher or you know working in his, in his own company or as a scientist somewhere um but Mark is like oh that guy's a mercenary like <laughs> that guy you know did some bad stuff yeah and uh it, it it really is cut from a similar cloth to somebody like Tony Stark Except Tony, at least, you know, he could justify, oh, well, you know, I, I'm making the weapons, but, you know, only the good guys get them. Like he, he, him being in his ivory tower is part of his concept. Mark was the man in the trenches. He was the one using those weapons. He knows exactly what those weapons are for. And the fact that he dies and then comes back as the this agent of Conchu, um, and that's a second chance. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why, you know, he, he kind of dedicates himself to making things right for people. Even though every night he, he, you know, he puts on this white suit, gets the crap kicked out of him. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought that was a really interesting way of going about a, a character, and that's really, uh, you know, no spoilers, but a lot of the through line for mm-hmm, City of mm-hmm. Ed, um mm-hmm. is, is is sort of a, it's almost like a Marvel's version of Band on Fire, uh, if you've seen that movie. Um, oh you know, yeah, yeah. Denzel is, it feels so, so much guilt over what he's done. And um, that that to me is, is is Mark Spector in a nutshell is that, you know, he's a guy with, with a lot of blood in his hands, but he's going to he, he's, he's dedicated to making making to balancing the scales and making things right, um, even if it, if it kills him to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've spoken so well to the history there mm-hmm. and you might have answered my next question, which was what do you hope you've sort of played up in the character
1: yeah. uh, and brought out? Well, I think you know, as as far as what I've brought to the character, um, you know, I I think this storyline, um, and uh, you know, we're four issues in now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say the theme of it is is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's an interesting distinction to me is that so many characters they're fighting for redemption, and I think the the thing is is that ultimately there's no benchmark for redemption. You know, right. that's 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 Sisyphus. You know uh that's that's a boulder you're going to be rolling forever the real finish line is forgiveness mm-hmm. uh, forgiveness from yourself forgiveness from people that you feel like you've wronged and i i think that kind of closure is something that i think it was i think it was very interesting to write that as a character in general you know, mm-hmm. of, of having Mark have some of these these important moments of catharsis that, that really stem back to the beginning of his history. But I think it also I think adds a, a little bit of extra resonance, uh, you know, knowing what's coming down the pike for him in 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 Jed's run. Um, so yeah, I uh, I think forgiveness. Um, and I think okay, that is but... what you know, looking doing this deep dive into his past, that's part of the reason for that. It's not just Uh, to be self-indulgent it's not to say oh look i know how to read the marvel wiki Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. it's that you know mark has to really confront that past before he can kind of forgive himself for the future so uh, hopefully that's 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 what we've brought to him is a a little bit of forgiveness and and maybe even a little bit of peace love it love it i love that character
0: arc and um i was gonna also ask about scarlet scarab There've yeah. been a couple of versions of that character to exist yeah. um, and a character that's gotten more recent attention with the Disney plus series and, and things of that nature. So curious about what it's been like to bring that character to a little bit more of the forefront. Yeah.
1: Well, that's that honestly was one of the biggest draws for me for the series was, um, you know, and a lot of people ask me like, was this something that was mandated to you or was this something that editorial uh, asked you to do? And actually quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, when I uh, started on city of the dead, I, it, it, that came into being because um, Moon Knight. He was on my original shortlist for Savage Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, had, I had to trim some some names down just for we couldn't fit that many characters, and so uh, Mark Specter and uh, Rachel Cole Alves uh, weren't able to make the cut. And then I tried to fit in Mark in arc two of Savage Avengers. We were doing you know a far future Savage Avengers, and I realized very quickly I could not juggle two giant teams in a in a twenty page monthly. Uh, and, and so that the, the Savage Avengers is 2099 made a, like a little cameo appearance in, 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 issue 10. But even that I was like, okay, we're going to use like established characters. Like, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll save Moon Knight. But I told Tom Brevoort, I said, listen, like if there's ever an opportunity for me to do anything with Moon Knight, I would love to throw my hat in the ring. I love the character. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since the, 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 Allison Alice and Shelby run and. And the Lemire run. And so uh, that got me on Moon Knight: Black, White, and Blood, um, an anthology that came out uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And I did a story with Leonardo Romero called "A Hard Day's Night" that that was that was pretty well received. And so uh, it was uh, about a little over a year ago. Uh, it was last summer that Tom Brevoort said, "Hey, if you had five issues of a Moon Knight miniseries, what would your ideas be?" Mm-hmm. That was pretty much kind of prompt. Are you interested in what you know? Send us some ideas. And so um, the first question I asked was, "Well," could we throw in the Scarlet Scarab? Uh, you know, I, I just finished watching the Disney Plus show and I think uh, she was she was one of the highlights of the show uh, oh. for me. Um, uh, Mae Calumway was a, a terrific actress and just brought, brought a lot of warmth to the character. And also I thought it was, you know, uh, the MCU often, you know, adapts things from the comics, oh. but this was kind of one of those rare instances where like they're creating a character kind of from whole cloth. Oh. We should cross pollinate. Uh, you know, where, where we can. And so, uh, yeah, uh, Tom Briever was like, yeah, absolutely, let's run with, with you know, introducing Scarlet Scarab. And we quickly kind of came up with this idea of like, how do we introduce her with having a connection to Mark when she hasn't shown up in any of the comics? And uh, in, in that, you know, she was an ex-girlfriend from his mercenary days who who had died mm-hmm. and has since become the Moon Knight of the Underworld. And uh, in, in, a, in a fun bit of, of serendipity, Uh, A couple months later, uh, Jed McKay was starting work on Moon Knight 25, which had gone from being a normal-sized issue to being, um, I think it was like a 70-page issue or or, or something huge. And so Jed was like, all right, we got to figure out how to fill that space. Uh, What if we introduce Layla? And Tom uh, said, well, you know, we actually have a whole miniseries that's about to come out dealing with this, but 25 and City of the Dead number one come out in, in consecutive weeks. This might be a great way for for us to dovetail these two stories together. So so Jed and I uh, uh, jammed a little bit on that to figure out like how can we dovetail these things together. Mm-hmm. So he did a great job, um, and and really kind of teeing me up that I could then immediately kind of pick up those threads without there being like too much, uh, you know, too much whiplash uh, going on. We'd already established that Layla exists and that she's dead, and here's where she's been this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, she's 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 a really fun character. Um, You know, I think being able to kind of keep adding to Mark's supporting cast is something that makes him uh, an even more viable character moving forward. And so, um, yeah, Scarlet Scarab is a really fun character for me uh, to write. Um, She's got a lot of personality and uh, she's been able the way we've been able to tackle her character is she has power in the City of the Dead. And that's able, you know, where Mark is able to kind of manifest things out of his own memory, she's able to really kind of use the environment to her advantage in a, in a, in a different but very concrete kind of way. Um, you know, I I had pitched the book as Inception meets Taken, because mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that the world around them reflected Mark's uh, sometimes unreliable, uh, uh, unreliable narrator, you know, uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, uh, she's she's been a lot of fun, and uh, I've actually I've been in contact with May a few times since the uh, the book has come out, and she's been so supportive of the book. And nice, uh, nice. I, I I sent her the first two issues, and I, I have to send her the last three. Um, but yeah, just just a really fun character, and uh, uh, you know, with no spoilers, you know, our goal is to establish her for any future creators to 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 be using. Uh, in the Marvel Universe, down the line, so uh, you know, um, sometimes we get to little add a little something to the tapestry. And uh, Scarlet Scarab, I think, is a really fun addition. Yeah, yeah, uh, I
0: love hearing about the collaboration uh, across books, and and shout yeah. out to Tom Brevort for coordinating all of that too, and uh, being a voice there from the editing side. Yeah. Um, and I love hearing about that collaboration across media with uh, the actress herself. And yeah. sort of uh, exploring the character um, uh, again, without giving any spoilers, I'll just say the, the direction you've taken it, taken it into the city of the dead um, is it's really clever. It's a really great way to have the story happen uh, simultaneously with anything else, which I really, yeah.
1: Um, you know, that, that was a, that was a fun trick that I learned on Savage Avengers is one of the biggest challenges when you're working in the Marvel universe or any shared universe is that it is a little bit of a game of like figuring out the traffic flow. You know, you mm-hmm. have to figure out. Uh, you know, oftentimes the hardest thing is like you have an idea for a story, and you have a perfect villain for it, and that villain is being used elsewhere, and so you have right. to figure out like, okay, what's a villain that's like close enough that I can still get the point across? Um, but you know, sometimes villains have their own baggage, and 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 same thing with the heroic characters as well. Um, you know i i remember i had pitched um uh the character of daken um wolverine's son in, mm. in savage avengers mm-hmm. and um, you know was told well like he's being used elsewhere he's being used in marauders right now and um and i was like well i really need somebody with claws and we wound up uh going on weapon age uh which wound up being i think a, a better fit but it was a, it still was a very different direction mm-hmm. even with mm-hmm. having a guy with claws um so uh i i had a point but it is early in los angeles um in that you're dealing kind of with the with with the traffic flow of everything and um boy i guess i just lost my train of thought <laughs> this is I, what i, I get think... for doing a podcast before i had my coffee uh <laughs> Sorry. i'm sure i'll if remember i'm sure i'll, I'll remember all this uh oh no okay i remember the train of thought got it <laughs> all right in that um a great trick to avoiding all of this is something we did in Savage Avengers, which is kind of how do you figure out a continuity bottle? Um, You know, you have a story that is taking place uh, in a different period of time. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, we could have Elektra in Savage Avengers going to the Hyborian Age and going to the far future while still not deviating from like Chip Zdarsky's run. Mm -hmm. Uh, And same thing for City of the Dead. I thought, okay, like, how do we give Mark his own adventure that like doesn't interfere too much with the continuity of what Jed has going on? Um, you know that like you can kind of slot this in somewhere in between the raindrops mm-hmm. um, without Jed having to constantly being like, well, remember when we did this thing in the city of the dead, um, it can stand alone in it's in its own way. Um, and, and I, I'm not, I'm certainly not going to make any pronouncements about like where in the continuity this fits and like in between which issues that's, that's a, uh, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> it's not gracious for me to make those kind of pronouncements. That's something that like, jed and tom can decide they can say where where it fits in the continuity that works best for them mm-hmm. um, but yeah doing that in the city of the dead was was kind of my way of, of being able to let the story stand on its own and not have to deal with anything going on in the midnight mission anything going on in regular marvel continuity you know uh, uh you know there's no like the gang war, you know, going on in the Spider-Man books is not going to like impact City of the Dead, mm-hmm. uh, uh, things like that. Um, so, and it also just kind of, like I said, it let me uh, externalize uh, what I consider one of Mark's kind of chief characteristics, which is everyone's always uh, interrogating in some form or fashion, um, his perspective, his outlook, his mental health. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was kind of a nice way of being able to externalize that and to use it as both kind of a, 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 a threat but also as like a a weapon for him to use. Um, And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, been a, been a real fun uh, book to be writing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I
0: have one more Moon Knight question, Moon Knight related question, and then we can talk about um, projects that are in progress, upcoming um, to whatever degree you could talk about them. And it's sort of a bonus question. Uh, Mm -hmm. So curious about the personality in Moon Knight that you most relate to and resonate with. And that, that could actually be uh, one of the Moon Knight shades mm-hmm. that could
1: be, that you could relate to Frenchie, whatever it happens to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I've been thinking about that question. Um, Jake. Uh, yeah. I think Jake is the one that I, that I, that I uh, resonate with the most. I think uh, at least in the way that I've always viewed him, um, you know, he's the funny one. He's mm-hmm. the, the warmest out of all of them and um you know uh for fans of jake and and steven um stay tuned for city of the dead number five um yeah. uh you know we we i i've, I've teased a, a little bit going in into it but um uh, been asking where are the altars? where are the altars? and uh uh i've it, it would have been tricky to to spend a whole series a whole mini series you know kind of splitting them into 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 separate uh, uh bodies uh mm-hmm. the whole time but um for a for a last issue set piece yeah you bet uh nice. and so uh we'll be seeing jake and steven real soon
0: awesome 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 i'm looking forward to issue five um, as of this recording, it's a few weeks away. Still, about a month away, actually. November twenty second, I think, is when it comes out in the U.S. so looking forward to it. Yeah. So now, curious about that next creative vision. Hope I hope to see you again with Moon Knight at some point, yeah. of course. Um, but but who is writing Punisher these days, and uh, hmm.
1: what's going on with that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm I'm working on, a, on on two books right now. Um, uh, on, on the production of them, um, 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 taking over the new Punisher series uh, over mm-hmm. at Marvel, mm-hmm. and uh, as well as a, a new original series of Mad Cave Studios, a, a horror book called The Devil That Wears My Face. And um, yeah, it's been, both of them have been really fun books to be working on. I just turned in the lettering pass for the third issue of Punisher uh, just this week. Uh, so we'll be getting lettering on that very soon and we'll we'll be making little little tweaks here and there um but yeah uh the new Punisher book uh, I can I can talk a little bit about that it's been such a fun opportunity and a really cool creative challenge I I, Mm was just telling my fiance um that like I think out of any project that I've done at Marvel to date I really do think that Punisher has made me a better writer um -hmm. you know because um it really is it, it it took a lot of uh the, the most fun elements of a shared superhero universe with a lot of the creative challenges of an original series. Um, and by that, I, I, I mean um, our new Punisher book, it's starring. It's not starring Frank Castle. It's actually introducing a brand new legacy character uh, by the name of Joe Garrison. Uh, and he's a, he was basically a, a, a former S.H.I.E.L.D. wetworks agent who had retired to pursue the call of family. And unfortunately, somebody blew up Joe's house with his family still inside. And uh, the police are inclined to think the husband did it. And so mm-hmm. Joe is on the run uh, from the authorities while trying to figure out who set him up and why. And so this uh, we're, we're starting with an origin story uh, for Joe. Um, where, you know, our first four issues deal with not so much. What's all the nitty gritty in Joe's background? Uh, because I do think that sometimes less is more, especially with a cool badass character like that. You do want to leave like some degree of mystery. But when I say an origin story, I mean why is this guy calling himself the Punisher? Uh, you know what would that take in 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 the Marvel universe, knowing that that is such a notorious name uh, that and one that has so many uh, so much just so many so much connotation to it um and so i i had pitched the story as uh john wick meets uh the fugitive um you know when we were when we were putting together a new legacy character i thought to myself you know i looked at all the legacy characters that 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 marvel has done and uh you know i know I, i i've seen some some corners of the internet saying like there's only one punisher it's it's frank castle and i i respectfully disagree um having written punisher 2099 uh, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. The Punisher is a mantle. It is a legacy that 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 has historically spanned, you know, decades in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, for me, I, I I understand there's always trepidation involving legacy characters, but for me, I, I you just look at the look at the history. It's always additive. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just uh, the only the only constant is change uh, when it comes to a shared superhero universe. And um, you know, so ultimately, it is just to add. To the Punisher canon, uh, not to take anything away or, or to to diminish anything, but um, as I looked at legacy characters, I, I I thought you know, for me the the legacy characters that were most exciting were the ones that were able to take kind of the general themes of what this character this the, the concept could do, mm-hmm. but then figuring out like a different way of presenting that. Um, so, for example, um, Robbie Ray's as Ghostwriter was a mm-hmm. big influence where they took, you know, the, 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 the flaming skull driving thing of, of a ghostwriter, but instead of going for motorcycle culture, they went for muscle cars. And I mm-hmm. thought, Oh, okay. Like what's a unique way that we could do that for a Punisher. And so um, I thought about uh, gun foo, you know, I thought about John wick where it's not so much like a, like a guns and ammo ad mm-hmm. where it's, 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 it's focusing so much on the hardware and the destructive capabilities of said hardware, but this is—it's about the choreography. Uh, you know, Joe has his his shield arsenal, uh, which is kind of our way of saying like you can still keep the guns, uh, but in a way that's elevated. So you know, it does—you don't have to be so limited to just you know, uh, you know, stuff that that's found on the street. But you can kind of take some interesting creative liberties with it um, to, to to really kind of keep readers on their toes a bit. Um, And I thought, oh yeah, it's the choreography of it all. You know, it's Joe having his shield pistols and figuring out how does he work his way through a crowd? Um, How does he uh, use this environment to his advantage? Um, He's kind of a born improviser. And Mm -hmm. so figuring out, um, for me, when I had pitched it to Marvel, I said, you know, I want half the appeal to be you could drop Joe anywhere. You could drop him in a, in a nightclub, in a zoo, on an office building. You could throw him in the kingdom of Atlantis if you, if you wanted to. And how is he going to use his environment to fight his way out? Yeah, uh, yeah. And so watching a lot of those movies like uh, John Wick and Bullet Train and Atomic Blonde, um, just the real stylized combat, that's something that I talked about very early on. Um, and also looking at... Um, uh, comics runs like uh, Damien Scott's Batgirl uh, uh-huh. and Scott McDaniel's Nightwing. Uh, yeah. I, I, I reference both of those as kind of the 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 kind of visual vocabulary I wanted to evoke in, in this book. And, and, and artist Dave Wagner is doing such a killer job at it. Um, I, I really do think I've had some very beautiful books in Marvel. I've been very lucky with my artists. Um, but I think Punisher might be the best looking book I've ever done um, oh. at, at Marvel for sure. Um, Dave and, and our colorist, Dan Brown, are really doing just uh, uh, the work of their careers on this mm-hmm. book. So, um, But yeah, you know, it was sort of just how do we add to the Punisher canon, um, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. in the same way that Greg Rucca, you know, introduced uh, Rachel Cole Alves, uh, who is a, another amazing character who I, I would love to do something with down the road. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's just uh, Marvel never had a John Wick and now it does. Um, and nice. so it's, it's been a lot of fun. And also just to be able to, uh, a creative challenge that I gave myself is how do you give the Punisher a rogue gallery, knowing mm-hmm. that he's a character who like often does not take prisoners. And for me, it was figuring out like, okay, what kind of characters can you still give kind of a, a satisfying defeat to, mm-hmm. and then have them come back. And, and I, 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 my goal is to kind of, uh, evoke, uh, Dick Tracy in oh, a way nice. yeah, um, yeah. in that like yeah of course there could be there are going to be some deserving guys who are going to meet their end uh you know at, at, at the end of the, the 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 Punisher's bullets but there are some punishments worse than death uh-huh. and uh, you know my goal is to uh, you know eventually have some villains who uh they're going to come back for round two but they're going to be real messed up um you know <laughs> and, and, and sort of I guess in, in the old jigsaw kind of way um so yeah there's a I, I have a lot of plans you know um it and uh yeah I, the the book will go as long as, as as marvel wants to print it um and i've i've given them a laundry list of concepts for it so i'm very excited for the book to come out and i i can't wait for fans to read it it'll be out uh starting november 8th um so uh yeah call your local comic shop and make sure you uh you you get this first issue mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah looking forward to it uh I- I can't wait to see what you do with the character and what you've done and the collaboration you were talking about there as well.
1: Um, and then my other book is uh, my new horror series, The Devil Wears My Face, mm-hmm. uh, which is such be- been such a fun book. Um, uh, it's been the best reviewed uh, first issue I've done in my career, uh, which is really heartening, uh, especially for uh, uh, an original series like that. Um, it's Face Off Meets the Exorcist. Uh, nice. It's- about uh, Father Franco Vieri, he's an 18th century Vatican priest who's grappling with a a pretty profound crisis of faith. And his superiors wind up sending him to Spain to perform an exorcism on a Spanish nobleman's son. Uh And unfortunately for Vieri, the ritual backfires. And so Vieri finds himself trapped in a stranger's body, while Vieri's body has been hijacked by the biblical demon known as Legion, Uh uh, who immediately hightails it back to the Vatican to uh, wreak some havoc. So it's it it really is its face off meets the exorcist with a little bit of of Monte Cristo thrown in for good measure. Yeah. Uh, I'm working with artist Alex Cormick, who I think is uh just one of the finest horror artists of his generation. Um and he is delivering just I think some career best work uh on this on this series. And um yeah, it's it's a six part mini series. Uh you know, we really we we got some really nice runway uh, to tell this story in, in in the best way we could and it really is kind of a two-hander. Um we are seeing the story from both Vieri's perspective and Legion's perspective. I wanted to do a body swap story for so long mm-hmm. um, and being able to do it through this supernatural lens, um this horror lens, it really lends itself to some interesting storytelling opportunities. Um but yeah, you know, it's it's, it's a cat and mouse game and mm-hmm. there's so much uh so many sparks fly when when Legion and Vieri are in the same room. But um the way we've structured the story is we also pull them apart often, and so that tension builds because we're waiting for kind of these two fighters to kind of go back into the ring together. Um, yeah, it's just been a really fun book to work on. It's my first horror series. Uh, it certainly won't be my last. Um, mm-hmm. It's such a fun genre to play in, and um, yeah, I can't, I couldn't ask for a better collaborator than Alex Cormick um and so seeing the work that he's been delivering seeing uh the 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 elements that he's contributed um you know the fact that he's such a a a gifted storyteller in terms of establishing mood and atmosphere but also the way that he makes his characters act and Uh the interesting things he does for uh, even the panel layouts um you know we he just drew um, a chase sequence uh, a a, a horse-drawn carriage chase sequence. Uh, this week that uh, he introduced some really cool curveballs to it that I didn't even expect. Um, so yeah, I, I I'd say uh, tell your local comic shop uh, add the Devil That Wears My Face to your poll list. Um, if you like horror books, it really is unlike anything on the stands right now, and uh, I can't wait for people to read it.
0: Yeah, you know. well, g- glad you're working with mad cave i appreciate what mad cave does I-, I appreciate marvel we've given marvel lots of uh attention in the talk but mad cave is doing some really cool things so uh good to see a book from you there as well yeah yeah well have we missed anything in the talk through that you want to make sure no. to mention um, um lots of good things on the way from you and yeah. Uh, yeah, lots uh, of good things to check
1: out from the list so far yeah and and more to come uh stay tuned uh, you know, working on a bunch of really fun stuff right now. And uh, yeah, uh, so uh, 2024 is looking uh, busier than ever. So I can't <laughs> wait for y'all to, to to hear more. Yeah,
0: yeah. Looking forward to it on the reader side as well. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much, David.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Anytime, anytime. Always glad to talk
1: with you.